Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, featuring your host, Anna Jaworski. Our program is designed to empower the CHD or congenital heart defect community. Our program may also help families who have children who are chronically ill by bringing information and encouragement to you in order to become an advocate for your community. Now, here is Anna Jaworski. Welcome to the 10th season of Heart to Heart with Anna. Our theme this season is education for heart warriors, and we have a great show for you today. Homeschooling is an educational option that many people take for granted in the United States of America. Data from the National Center for Education Statistics and analyses from Brian Ray, a homeschooling researcher at the National Home Education Research Institute, suggests the number of kids taught at home is growing by 3 to 8% a year since the total hovered around 1.8 million in 2012, according to data from the National Center for Education Statistics. That puts the upper estimate at about 3.5 million children in the United States being homeschooled. Internationally, homeschooling is illegal in some countries, but others seem to accept it, especially countries like Australia and the United Kingdom. There's an excellent Wikipedia article called Homeschooling International Status and Statistics for anyone who is interested in seeing if homeschooling is legal in your country. In the USA, homeschooling regulations are different from state to state. If you're uncertain about how to go about homeschooling, there are plenty of books, websites, and online support groups available to help. Today's show is Homeschooling and Self-Advocacy, and our guest is Shelley McIntyre Brewer. Shelley homeschools her three living children after a frustrating and potentially dangerous series of events occurred after enrolling her daughter, Lorelai, born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome in public school. The decision to homeschool was made in a moment of desperation, but the outcome has been outstanding for the entire family. Shelley previously taught in a public school system with Pennsylvania State certification and master's work in curriculum and design from Penn State University, and her bachelor's degree comes from Susquehanna University. Her mission is to explain the realities of homeschooling to congenital heart defect families as a realistic and non-threatening option for success. Shelley also explores the transient nature that homeschooling can take for families dealing with complex medical issues explaining interstate procedures for homeschooling students. So welcome back to Heart to Heart with Anna Shelley. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And many people will remember you from way back, my longtime listeners, from way back in season two, when you were on an episode with Andrea Quirk about dealing with having a child with a congenital heart defect as a military family. So I really appreciate you doing that one as well. No problem. And you can obviously see that there are some links between being a military family and benefits of homeschooling. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You mentioned that there was a moment of desperation that caused you to homeschool your children. So can you tell us more about that? Sure. I believe that the school district had the best intentions at hand for our situation with Lorelai. Unfortunately, they didn't play out very well. We went through the legal aspects of getting an IEP. Lorelai has some developmental stuff that has definitely taken a hit as well as the physical end of hypoplastic left heart syndrome. And so we went through probably the longest IEP meeting that I've ever sat through. And being a professional in the field, I've been in a lot of those meetings. One of the big problems 
problems was the particular school was considered to be a school of the arts. And so a lot of their programs in the morning were set up for um, learning theater, dance, all these other, you know, artistic and very valuable programs. But being a kindergartner and on a half day schedule, Lorelai was going to miss a lot of her core learning of reading, writing, arithmetic, and just being able to do formation of letters, that whole concrete theory is really important for the basis of learning. So that was an issue from the very beginning that we had to combat. And a lot of the educators didn't understand why we can't just send Lorelai home with homework. Well, the reason is, is because the minute she comes home, she looks at me, she uses the bathroom and she falls asleep and doesn't wake up till the next morning because she happens to be one of the hypoplasts on the very lower end of the spectrum for energy. Mm. Aside from that, she uses a wheelchair sometimes whenever there's a distance that she needs to cover. And at the time, she had her oxygen with her all the time. She had her pulse ox, obviously. And then she also had her nebulizer. And some of the issues we were having was a fight between the teachers, administration, and transportation, not knowing who was responsible for picking up those items and putting them actually into the school or back onto the van. So I was getting phone calls that they were being left on the tarmac in North Carolina <laughs> in very hot weather with a tank of oxygen. So oh my we could gosh. have had some Yeah, we could have had some fireworks going on there. Wow. Um, she was also left behind she would just be left places on field trips or in other places in her wheelchair. And I would get phone calls about that. And then finally, the final straw was the van driver had decided that she needed, quote unquote, more Jesus. So one day on the way back from school, she never arrived. And when I called the school, they were like, call transportation. That's not our responsibility. I called transportation. They said, that's not my responsibility. I called the school district. They said the administration office. They said, that's not our responsibility. And I was getting ready to call the police when she came rolling in and they had taken her to a church so that she could get more Jesus. And at that oh point, my, my husband goodness. was deployed. That was yeah. during so I, school hours? That was on her way home. They had taken her from the school, and then on the way home from school, they had taken her to without, the church. Without your permission, without letting you know why she was going to be late. That's like kidnapping. Correct. Yeah. And at that point, that was the decision. I called my husband's command up and I was like, I need to talk to my husband. This is important. And they know that I don't contact them unless something serious is going on. So they found him and we talked. And I was one of those public school teachers who was like, no, homeschooling is bad. (laughs) And I didn't want to do it. And he's like, Shell, you don't have a choice right now. You're just going to have to buckle up and do it. So I did. It was scary at first, but I wouldn't trade any of it at this point. And I have to be very clear here and let people know that in no uncertain terms, do I think that this is what happens in every scenario. There are some wonderful public schools out there. There are some wonderful educators, administrators, and transportation persons out there. I think that public schooling is an amazing thing when it's working correctly. And in our case, it wasn't. Right, right. Well, yes, definitely you don't want to overgeneralize and say that this is going to be the kind of experience that everyone will have. But I think sometimes things happen for a reason, and we just have to be our children's best advocates. So I'm guessing you were not working full time as a teacher when all of this happened to Lorelai? That's correct. So my husband ended up with sepsis down at BAMC, which is the Brook Army Medical Center down in Texas. And Lorelai started having cardiac issues. She landed up at CHOP. I had been working for United Way of the Capital Region, and I ended up having to submit my resignation just because there was so much going on. And I needed to make sure that I could get to whomever needed me at whatever particular time. And so from the point that I resigned from United Way until present day, I have been, I guess you'd consider them in the military 
military and non-medical caregiver, but basically an attendant for Lorelai. Okay, so that made the homeschooling decision a little bit easier for you because it's not like you were trying to juggle working a full-time job and homeschooling her as well. Correct. Okay. A lot of parents don't feel that they can homeschool their children. Do you think you felt comfortable doing it because you are a certified teacher? I think there's more to it than just being a certified teacher. The answer to the question is, at first, I didn't know because, you know, you sit in there, you're looking at it and, you know, my certification is for a particular area. And we have kids who are coming in from preschool all the way until they graduate. And suddenly you're taking on this responsibility. At the time, I was kind of thrust into it and I was like, okay, I'm going to make the best of this situation. But looking back at it, I absolutely feel like I can handle it. And it's not Mm -hmm. just the certification and the education that I've had, but it's also my personality. I work well with differentiated learners. I work well with multiple approaches to education. And I also have a vested interest in making sure that the kids are out in the community and learn how to be adaptable to social situations. So all of those things come together for you when you're taking a look and trying to figure out whether homeschooling is going to be the choice for you. Right. That's so well and succinctly put. Thank you for sharing that, Shelley. We do need to take a quick break, but don't leave yet, friends, because coming up next, we're going to talk to Shelley about the benefits of homeschooling a medically fragile child when we return to Heart to Heart with Anna. The most common theme that I hear is why. She always needed um, a lot of attention. She had strokes. Even though it's a natural inclination to withdraw from the CHD community, I think being a part of it helped me be part of the solution. Heart to Heart with Michael. Please join us every Thursday at noon Eastern. I'm Michael Lieben, and I'll be your host as we talk with people from around the world who have experienced those most difficult moments. Home Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home Tonight Forever. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today's show is homeschooling and self-advocacy, and we're here with Shelly Brewer talking about her homeschooling experience. Shelly, we talked about in the first segment how you decided to homeschool Lorelai. Can you tell us about whether or not you decided to homeschool your other children as well? Yes, I did. All of our children at this particular point are homeschooled. Okay. Can you tell us in what ways homeschooling has expanded their education and if there are any ways that maybe homeschooling has hindered them? I think that when you take a look at anything, you're going to have your pros and cons. I have to be honest with you. I'm not really finding a whole lot of cons with um, homeschooling. (laughs) Ditto. I felt the same way. So good. I'm curious to hear what you feel the pros are, though, because I think there are a lot of pros. Yeah. Well, let me hit the con. I do have, there's one, and I want every parent out there who has a teenager to say amen with me on this one. I think my oldest son, Kevin, he's 15. He'll be 16 in October. He has this perceived notion that he doesn't have as much of a social life as his peers who are in public school. 
And every single time we talk about this, whenever we put everything out there for him, as far as when do you go out and hang out with your friends? What about these activities that you do for learning? What about these activities that you do for your extracurriculars? Every single time, Kevin ends up admitting, yeah, no, I guess I do more than the other kids who go to public school. <laughs> and it's yeah. so funny because even with me looking back at myself when I was 15 or 16, I remember giving my parents an earful about how I never get to do anything. And <laughs> for those parents who are going to be embarking on the teenage years of homeschooling, I think it's important for you to make sure that your kids are out there having social interactions in a variety of ways. But I also think that I am going to give you my own point of view here. I think it's important for you also to analyze if this is something that's just an adolescent coming of age, feeling like they're stifled because they're teenagers. Yeah, I agree with you. Having homeschooled two children through the adolescent years, yes, I would agree with you 100% with that. Perfect. But like you said, whether they're in public school, homeschool, private school, charter school, I don't think it really matters. I think teenage years are disgruntled years. And, <laughs> you and there's a perceived, and I think honestly, one of the best pieces of advice then from those of us with teenagers or above looking back is just sit down with your kiddo and go, okay, so can you just kind of list the things that you feel like you don't get to do that the other kiddos get to do? And some of the stuff is legit. Like they don't have to sit in a classroom with 30 other their kids right for six and a half hours a day that's legit they don't have to do that yeah but then on the other hand what are things that you do get to do and then i think it'll balance itself out and so that con can actually be turned into a positive yeah. because we have the ability to sit down with Kevin and say, look, kiddo, this is what you just told us that you get to do. You're in Naval Sea Cadets. You run your own nonprofit organization. You're interested in doing wrestling with the school district. And so we're taking a look at that with you. By the way, each state varies on their laws in that regard as far as right. being involved with your particular areas, extracurricular activities offered by the school district. So do your homework and check in on that. But when you do that, you can turn a con into a Pro. Some of the other pros that we have for homeschooling. One of the things that I think that both Anna and I would agree on is that homeschooling is an endeavor in lifelong learning for both the parent as well as the child and any other person that you involve in the learning exercise. I know that Lorelei specialists over at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia have learned a lot from her. <laughs> Understanding that path of homeschooling doesn't necessarily mean you are just doing your own thing. You don't have any frame of reference. You don't have any schedule. They're learning that, oh boy, does she. And, um, <laughs> I yeah. know. And yeah. That but do you think that part of that is because we were both teachers? Because I always felt like, okay, you can take the teacher out of the classroom, but you can't take the classroom out of the teacher. So I actually wrote lesson plans. I was very formulaic with the way I homeschooled. Are you like that as well? No, I'm not. I do not write lesson plans. I write block planning. So when I learned at Penn State about creating a curriculum and designing it, a lot of what I learned was that you can come at things from different points of view. And I prefer teaching from a deconstructive method, which isn't necessarily as regimented as the more classic learning style and educational model of creating these lesson plans. But to your question, you said, do you think that this is because you're an educator? And I think my response to that would be, 
maybe, but probably not because I have so many other good friends who are homeschoolers. Abby Baya comes to mind. She's one of my good friends and she doesn't have an educational background, but boy, is she a tough cookie when it comes to making sure those kids have the information that they need and the opportunities to grow both socially and academically. Right, right. I don't think you have to be a certified teacher to do a good job with your children. Like you, I had a lot of friends who homeschooled their children. That was a big social group that we took part in and we took part in co-ops. And so we surrounded ourselves with other homeschooling families and most of them did not have a degree in education. And I felt they did an excellent job anyway. Yeah, I would agree. And of course, there's always going to be a family or two that you kind of were like, hmm. But I'll tell you what, as a public educator, I saw plenty of those families in the public school system that raised an eyebrow too. So I think it's all part and parcel of being a human being. You're always going to have norms and you're always going to have mores. Yeah. Absolutely. And you will have some outliers. There will be some homeschool Mm -hmm. families that you think, wow, I wish I could be like them. I wish we could do X, Y, or Z or afford this program or that program. And then others who can't afford as much, but they still make do and they still do a great job. I wanted to speak to that really quickly because Mm -hmm. I I want there to be an understanding that there still is a community with homeschooling. Yes. One of our very good family friends, the daddy, passed away last year from cancer. And instead of us just being like, oh, we're so sorry for you, and then just letting them figure their way through it, the group that I was associated with, we ended up offering their child free basically tutelage to be able to support the mother so that she was able to get herself where she needed to be emotionally, financially, everything. And so there is a support mechanism in there. We are not completely out on our own. Right. Absolutely. And depending on where you are, I homeschooled in the state of Florida where there was a huge homeschooling community of over 100 families that was very organized. And then I spent most of my years homeschooling in Texas. And like you said, the requirements and the regulations are different state to state. So do make sure that you find out if you want to homeschool your children, what the requirements are for your state. Texas is much more freestyle. You don't have to register. But I still had a core group of friends who all of us homeschooled and worked together. And we did form almost like a family. It's like you said, if somebody was having problems, we had a friend who's father developed cancer and it was extremely traumatic and everybody kind of pitched in together and they were their support group. And I think that's one of the strong points about being a homeschool family, don't you, Shelley? I do. And it also brings in the very real issue of we're talking about homeschooling kiddos who have congenital heart defects. Uh And so we do have very unique needs in a lot of ways. And then in other ways, we have completely mainstreamed needs. True. So one of the big benefits that we have of homeschooling is Lorelai is one of those kiddos who tends to mystify people when she walks into an office because she has very strange symptoms. Everybody sees them. They've seen the reactions, but they don't know exactly what it is that's causing some of these issues that she has. So we spend a lot of time with doctors. And when we're in the hospital or when she's not feeling well, because I said she was on the lower end of energy, then I can bring her learning with her. And honestly, there are two benefits to this. One is educationally, we don't fall back on her learning. Yeah. But also the other part of this is I bring her routine to the hospital. Instead of her being thrown out of whack and not being able to see and do things that she's familiar with doing, I bring it all with Mm -hmm. us. And so she's able to maintain a sense of normalcy through 
an experience that most adults would struggle getting through. Right. Oh, I think that's excellent. Absolutely. Well, we're coming up on another break, but before we go, it seemed to me that your children began their formal education in a public school setting. How difficult was it for them to transition to a homeschool environment? For Lorelai, it was completely natural for her. And for Kevin, he was begging me to do it. Really? Wow. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. He had a bully situation and the school was not taking care of it. This was a different school district because remember, we're military. So we had moved by that point. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. But let's take a quick commercial break. And coming up next, we'll talk with Shelly about what kind of curriculum she uses and how she's made self-advocacy part of her curriculum when we return to Heart to Heart with Anna. When I saw so many of these CHG groups growing, I found family just ready to join me. Anyone who is a member of the adult congenital heart defect community can be a guest on our show. We have a great year planned and we look forward to sharing other interesting topics. Heart to Heart with Nicole and David serving the ACHD community Wednesdays at noon Eastern. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today's program is about homeschooling and self-advocacy, and we've been talking with Shelley Brewer about her homeschooling experience. I only have a few minutes left, but I do have a couple more questions for you, Shelley. What kind of curriculum do you use? I have created my own curriculum for the kids. I really do like the Flash Kids workbook series that they have, and you can find them over at Barnes & Noble. I do feel like they hit all of the major points that I'm trying to do with the kids in reading, writing, spelling, mathematics. I really do like that series, so I do use that. However, once you get to the middle and high school years, you really have to start working on other facets, especially according to your kids' interests. So I have used my educational background in order to create the other programs for sciences and social studies and electives. And we also use 4-H and Girl Scouts to help with other things that I'm not necessarily able to do on my own, such as robotics and woodworking, photography, a lot of things that are outside of my wheelhouse. Yeah. I did the same thing. Of course, like you, my background was in curriculum and design. So it just came naturally to me to design my own curriculum. And like you, we supplemented with karate. We supplemented with Boy Scouts. There were so many other things outside of a traditional homeschool environment that we supplemented with that I think it kind of filled in the gaps for those things that I wasn't strong in. Like art, I hired an art teacher (laughs) to give my kids art lessons because aside from cross-stitch crochet and knitting, I'm not very artistic. Yeah, I totally feel you on those. When you're getting outside of stuff that's not your strength. Now, I will say this. This is where you get into the lifelong learning thing. One of the opportunities of homeschooling your kid is that you get to learn along with them. So Mm -hmm. I'm standing there when I'm learning this stuff about woodworking. I'm standing there when I'm learning things about baking and other things that the kids are getting involved in that I just don't know anything about. I end up a smarter person, too. Oh, I agree. I think homeschooling my children provided me with a better education. And I got to enjoy and share things that I loved anyway with them. So it reinforced things that I already loved. 
I feel yeah. that I was blessed to be able to homeschool my children. And while at times they let me know that there was no way they were ever going to homeschool their children, and they actually kind of acted resentful about it, now that both of my children are adults, they've let me know they're homeschooling their kids when they have children. <laughs> <laughs> so they've kind of come full circle on that. But talk to me about how you've taught your children how to be self-advocates, because I think this is something that is super important for our children with congenital heart defects. With both of my kids, both Kevin and Lorelai, and then we have a little guy who's only four years old, so I'm excited to see where he's going to be headed. Both of them have their own nonprofit organizations, and honestly, they were not my idea. They were the impetus of both of the children independently. They came at different times. So I would like to think that they have a servant's heart, both of them. One of the things that I noticed was Kevin has an extreme love of animals and veterans and wounded warriors. He will do the most amazing things if he just has a focus in that particular area. Lorelai's interest is in congenital heart defects, writing, and art. And so she also created Heart Hugs, which some of you may be familiar with, which is now a global organization. And I want to put in here really quickly that apparently it is an organization that is well regarded by many people because she was one of the national honorees for the Prudential Spirit of Community Awards this year, as well as the National Association of Secondary School Principals. And she also received a commendation from not just the government, but also the Secretary of Education in Pennsylvania. So homeschooled, still got that kind of recognition. People know that there's some good stuff going on in homeschooling. Now, as far as the self-advocacy goes, for both of the kids, but I'm going to focus on Lorelai, we take the organizations and we create different mechanisms for learning. So Lorelai is essentially responsible for polling, calculating, and understanding the cost ratios that are involved in creating the compression heart pillows that she makes. She also has to have the, the home economics aspect of being able to understand sterilization, understand sewing, being able to follow directions. And then she also has honed in on her public speaking skills at the local, state, national, and global levels. And she also has created a love for educating others about the importance importance and awareness of not just congenital heart defects, but heart health in general. She's spearheading an initiative right now at the federal level to try and create a baseline for wounded warriors so that they have to have cardiac follow-up care through the VA system. All of those things are incredibly important, but they're also adding to her educational level. She was honored by Hershey Med Center in the Hershey Story for two years in a row now for her essays that she did on the total artificial heart and the palliative three-stage reconstruction for hypoplastic left heart syndrome. Those things are all part of her education, and we've managed to wrap them up in a nice little bow, and she is becoming a fuller person through her homeschooling experience. Right, and just writing those essays helps her to be more aware of the operations that she has had and what that condition consists of. I mean, how many kids, especially 20, 30 years ago, didn't even know what the name of their congenital heart defect was? This is something that I've run into over and over. Finding people online is that they know they have a heart condition. They know they've had open heart surgery, but they don't really understand what it is. And hypoplastic left heart syndrome, that is a big mouthful of a heart defect, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And the way that she explains it, from what I understand from people who are reading it, when they finish reading it, they say to me, I would have never understood what that was. But because of the way she explained it, now I understand what happens. Wow, that's that's a huge feather in her cap that she's able to explain it that well, that people outside the field can even understand it. People who aren't talking the jargon like we do all the time are able to understand it. That shows a real level of understanding that is 
probably superior to most of her peers, if not <laughs> a big percentage of the heart population at large. So kudos to you for helping her to have that level of understanding. Did her doctors also help her with that? The funny thing is she ended up using the research from her doctors in the papers. And then when she got the award, I actually sent it over to Dr. Cohen and Dr. Cohen wrote me back and she's like, did she write this? And I was like, she sure did. And then it was really interesting because once again, people always think homeschoolers are just far off in right or left field. But Lorelai had her California achievement test and she scored very well in it. And I sent it over to doctors Licht, her neurologist and Cohen, her cardiologist. And both of them were like, pretty well done, you know? So it was awesome. it was one of those things where they were able to see the outcome of her academics at not just an evaluation through standardized testing, but also through her written work and through her communication with them. They can see right. that she's learning well. Oh, absolutely. So my last question for you, Shelley, is how has the advocacy that you've developed with your children in the homeschool classroom prepared them to advocate for themselves in other realms? So I guess what I would say is that I don't believe in a classroom. Their advocacy is something that is a global advocacy. So our homeschooling is a very holistic type of view. And Mm -hmm. I really think that that's one of the advantages of homeschooling is everything is practical learning. Nothing is wasted. Right. Right. I used to say that the world was my classroom. Because we did homeschooling wherever we were. And just like you, sometimes we had a lot of doctor's appointments. And because I live in Texas, that sometimes meant a two or three hour car drive. And we just took our learning with us. <laughs> we did stuff yeah. in the car. Well, the Spanish have a phrase, el mundo es su panuela, and it essentially is, panuela is like a handkerchief, so the world is your handkerchief, or the world is your oyster. Everything is there for you and for the kids, Mm -hmm. and I just, I really want to emphasize to people who are in the homeschooling world, but especially those who are not so familiar with it, the social development of a homeschooler is so different than that of somebody who's in a stereotypical brick-and-mortar school. It's just a different experience. Kids who are homeschooled tend to have ease in communicating with people outside of their age bracket, in different milieus, and also in a way that is adaptive to the circumstances around them. And that's one of the things that we really, really enjoy about homeschooling. For us, it's more than just book learning. It is holistic learning. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. You and I could talk for hours about this, Shelley. I'm so proud to know you. And I'm always excited and applauding your children when you post different things that they are doing and the achievements that they are getting. So you're definitely a star in the homeschool community. I very much appreciate that. But a lot of that goes to the community that helps to support us to let us be able to have a gift like homeschooling. Yes, yes, I agree. I feel so thankful that we live in the United States. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your experience with us today. I was incredibly happy to do it. And once again, el mundo es su panuela. You can do whatever you want to with your life. You just have to dream big and the kids will get it and they will advocate for themselves through a good education that teaches them to value their hearts. Oh, I love it. Well, that does conclude this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening today. Please come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern time. And until then, please find and follow our show on iTunes. And remember, my friends, you are not alone. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. 
Hearts Unite the Globe is a non-profit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time.